Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, January 31st in 2020 on When I Rise here in year A and the fourth Sunday after Epiphany. On Fridays, we like to take the gospel text and we like to read it for the week. There's actually a couple of different options here and I'm going to stick with the John text for today. So John chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. This is Jesus' first miracle according to John's gospel where he changes water into wine, whereas a Presbyterian minister likes to say the Presbyterian's favorite miracle of Jesus. So I'm going to get to that passage, and I'll read, I'll read it, and I'll give a point to a reflection, then we'll spend some time praying along its theme this morning. But before I do, I do this thing every last day of the month where I do a personal examine. It's like a spiritual practice where we examine our lives. Socrates himself said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And so on the last day of the month, I put it in my phone as a reminder. I ask myself two questions. I even ask loved ones these same two questions. These two questions came from Dallas Willard, who... Um, gave us uh, so much to think about when it comes to the spiritually formed life. And these are the two questions I ask myself, and I give it to you as an opportunity for your own life. So question number one is, am I more easily, um, am I more or less easily irritated these days? So more or less easily irritated these days. Question number two is, am I more or less loving these days? I ask myself those two questions. I ask Ginger and my kids and people I work with, I ask those questions and I listen for their response and then I take it to the feet of Jesus and I ask for his help um, so that I become less easily irritated being able to trust the, the work of Christ in my life and uh, how God keeps us and how we have, uh, we're not lacking anything because of who Jesus is. And am I more or less loving these days? Where people love, man, like we're, Jesus said that you'll know that people will know that you're my disciples by your love. And so I think these are two vital questions for the spiritual quest. So I give those to you. But for now, let's read John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have to save the best till now. What Jesus did here in Canada of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the word of God for us.
All right, what can we say about John chapter 2 in this first miracle of Jesus? Well, there's so much to say as we look at this one, and I think one thing to consider is the narrative timing of it. So if you actually start from the beginning of John's gospel and count the days, because there are times where he says, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. This is actually several days into the story, but notice how John starts his story. He says, on the third day, which should be a hint, right? Because we know that on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. The third day is an important category uh, for the Christian community. And so John messes up the time intentionally for us to consider the significance of this day. Second, Towards the end of John's gospel, John is honest. He says, there are many things that I could have said about Jesus' life. If all that could be written about him and the significance of it were in books, those books would fill the whole earth. And so John decides that of all that material that he would conform his work to seven days, seven signs. And so this is the first one that he chooses. And it's a unique one. Jesus is at a wedding wedding feast and the wine has run out. This is socially awkward for those who are hosting this wedding and Jesus uh, is challenged by his mom to consider to do something about this social problem. He first he he kind of ignores her for a second. He's not disrespectful here according to the original language. He's just uh, he's just saying it's not his time and so Mary says you need to go ahead and do what he asked you to do. So uh, he may have resisted but his mom says I'm pulling rank here son and you need to help this party out. And so Jesus says that he takes, this is what happens. John says that Jesus takes the water from the ceremonial pots in order to change water into wine. These may have been filled with water and dirt because people were washing their hands in it. I mean, this is the grossest water on the premises and Jesus makes choice wine out of it. Notice the reaction from the master ceremonies. He is unaware of what has happened, but the servants are aware of what has happened. And Jesus uh, seems to turn up social social mores upside down. He says, you know, usually you bring out the good, best wine first because after a while people won't know and uh, they won't know the difference between the choice, the like the box stuff and the good stuff. And so Jesus uh, here uh, upends everything. So there's a couple things to say here. This is the first sign of God revealing Jesus' glory. And Jesus says, my arrival is like a party. And it's a party where things are turned upside down, where like the dirtiest water can actually be turned into the choicest of wines and where social mores are turned upside down. I think this should shape our faith. We should be people who, when we talk about Jesus, we shouldn't be grumpy and uh, disappointing and lackluster and lacking of enthusiasm. But Jesus says, no, 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 the, the coming of God is like a party that it would be a shame to miss out on. Second, it seems like Jesus is putting the controls of the outworking of this arrival of the kingdom, not into the prominent ones like the masters of the ceremony, but the servants who are able to serve the beverages. And so let's not look above us for how God's kingdom is arriving, but beneath us because the portal of the kingdom of the heavens is always among the poor. It's always among the destitute. It's among those who are, as Jesus said, poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so if we want to see what God's up to, we got to look in those places where there's dark shadows and places that we wouldn't be trained normally to look. Uh, there was an author who once said, if you want to look for a revival, if you, want, if you want your church to have revival, you need a planet in the gutter of society. Yeah, so we need to look beneath us. And then lastly, uh, the master of ceremony says the best is yet to come. I don't know why, but the church has this disposition like the best days were before us, really when the best days are after us. Uh, the, the best days are coming. And so we should be leaning forward 
not just nostalgic about what's behind us, but leaning forward. And so as the people of God, we need to ask God that he would give us a vision to look ahead for the days to come. So there's many things that we can pray for this morning. Let's spend some time praying after reflecting on John chapter 2. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you saw fit to place us in your family in the midst of your kingdom. God, we are overwhelmed with gratitude in our hearts because you did not abandon us. You did not leave us to our own devices, but you so lovingly brought us into, you ushered us into a new family. And because that there's so many ramifications that we've dwelt upon this morning, the first one is that the best days are ahead of us. God, we thank you that you've done so many things, that your great has been your faithfulness thus far, but you'll be faithful again. And so God, we are grateful in our hearts. So as we face our work day, as we face our school day, we are not weighed down with pessimism. We are not waiting for the next shoe to drop and for our worst fears to be confirmed. No, we are shaped by hope and we lean into the promised better future that is ahead. We know that the best is yet to come. The best is here at the last. And so God, we pray that you would allow our souls to be animated with an enthusiasm for the days to come. God, we think of that you move in the world around us. And even though we've been trained to look above us to those prominent in our culture, we understand that culture is shaped by the poor, by the lonely, but by those who are poor in spirit. For you said the, theirs is the kingdom of, of the heavens. And so God, this day, we ask that you would help us to look upon the faces of the destitute of the common with gladness. And may we see your face in the midst of those beneath us today. We pray that you would encounter us, that you'd speak to us, give a word to us through all people, including those who are beneath us on our social ladders. And God, finally, we thank you that the arrival of your kingdom is not something that causes us to dread, but it causes us to celebrate. God, we thank you that you saw fit to communicate your arrival like a wedding banquet that was roistering on for days and days because of its celebration. God, may we be people of celebration. May we be people with glad hearts today. And may that enthusiasm and that gladness be something that inspires others. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.